welcome to the Honest Wargamer for another faction reaction. Taking a small break producing them recently and we're back with a stellar faction reaction. Obviously the Magikin of Nurgle and I'm joined by a legend. In my opinion, one of the best Age of Sigmar players in the world, Mr. <laughs> Andy Hughes. Hey Andy, how you doing? I'm really good, thanks Rob. How are you? I'm great, I'm great. This faction reaction obviously uh, filmed in front of a live studio audience, which is our Twitch chat. So if you ever want to join us on twitch.tv forward slash Sinister Wargamer, you guys can. Um, I'm very much looking forward to this because uh, Nurgle is one of... Chaos generally are so complicated, right? Because you start looking at Chaos and then you're like, right, am I adding in Marauders? Like, what's going Like, do I ally in Balakor? Like, what's the situation? And I know that uh, Annie plays a lot. So you play for the Dragon Slayers, which is uh, not only a T-Sports team, uh, but your local club. And you've been playing Age of Sigmar for how long? Since the beginning? Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't play the... I started playing... Right around the first Bobo, actually. Oh, amazing. Uh, that was the first ever tournament I actually went to, was uh, was Bobo, and I think I came third. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Uh, thank you yeah. to Society for resubscribing, and everyone else for subscribing. Thanks for tuning in. You, uh, Andy, have been uh, members, uh, member of the Welsh um, uh, Worlds team for a while now. Um, uh, like, does that, does, uh, like, So you've been playing Age of Sigmar at a professional level for quite a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. I've played at two Six Nations now. Um, so yeah, we did one in Wales, one up in Scotland. Uh, played different armies at each one. Um, love playing all different armies, as we saw from the Super Series. I think I turned up with three different, uh, three different, three three different armies. Uh, and I've come to one of your one dayers and brought Nurgle to that as well. Uh, and I think I won that uh, won that event. Yeah, and I took you, it to... Yeah, took it to Man uh, Mancunian Carnage as well, and uh, did three wins and two draws with the Nurgle army as well. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's an army I really like. I took a lot of, lot of time painting it. I won the uh, painting award at Carnage as well. So for it as well. So yeah. So uh, this is just a big a flex moment. Yeah. What I'm saying, what Andy's saying, but I'll say it for him. He's brilliant. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> and you need to listen to him about Warhammer. Um, and that's just the the simple science of it. So thanks for coming on. Super appreciate you. I'm gonna link your uh, Twitter profile below um, in the YouTube comments or in the podcast notes if people wanna uh, look at that. Also, will be the list that Andy's uh, played uh, will also be on the Wargamer website, and the links will be uh, below as well. Uh, talk to me about Nurgle. Did you play much Nurgle in AOS 2 or did you really pick it up for AOS 3? Um, so I started picking it up and painting and converting it towards the back end just before COVID hit. So just next to me in a lovely box there is 50 converted Blight Kings that I never got to use on the table. <laughs> that's, that's upsetting. <laughs> that's it is, because <laughs> they're all on exactly the... Anybody that's seen my Nurgle army will know they're all on hollowed out bases with wooden plank bases and all the water affecting them. And all 50 of them are all painted to that standard on those bases. I did it all the way through lockdown when I was on furlough and they've never seen the table. I think five of them have ever been in a list. Um, unfortunately, with AOS 2 ending, AOS 3 starting, the large units of 20 Blight Kings disappeared, the formations disappeared, uh, they lost their rend and they just weren't, um, they weren't as good anymore, unfortunately. Um, which is true. It's fair to say in Age of Sigmar 2, just like you just pointed out, that Blight King spam really was the only way. There was a it was the only way to play. There was also the thricefold befoulement list, but both of those really relied on the battalions, right? And yeah. competitively, Nurgle was in, in it wasn't in a great place. It was in the the forty ish percent win rate, so it wasn't uh, doing really well. Uh, but then it had like a bit of a 
Like it was a very small upgrade if you weren't paying attention. Uh, but now we're further into Age of Sigmar three, and obviously I've already talked to you and seen you play. A pretty significant change uh, in one of the Broken Realms books, where we got a new Sportsbox Scrivener and a new Sloppity Bar Piper. And um, did that have a significant change? I think we're going to be talking more about it later. But was that did that did that catch your eye? Yeah, so that, I think that was a big change. I think also the Wrath of the Everchosen book, when that came out, added a lot more options to them as well. Um, that have then made a bigger impact, I think, moving into the third edition. Because I don't think I've seen anybody play Nurgle that isn't playing uh, Munificent Wanderers at the moment to reduce that rend down um, against yourself. Um, obviously, going to an edition where save stacking is key. The Blight Kings, as we said, just don't they just don't cut it anymore. So you have to look at other options for, for damage in the Nurgle book. And I think the, the Wanderers offers one of the, the biggest potential damage outputs passively without actually doing anything. Yeah, so what does the Munificent Wanderers do? So uh, it's actually recently just changed in the FAQ. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's whenever anybody rolls a 1 to hit you within a 12-inch bubble uh, of your general, well, it's, it's your unit's wholly within the 12-inch bubble from the general, uh, whenever anybody rolls a one to hit them, they take a mortal wound. And this is actually pretty significant, as I understand it, because uh, previously, so this is an FAQ, as in an FAQ, literally last week, um, yes. uh, as of recording. So for ages, for an Age of Sigmar three FAQ, and uh, it was previously on sixes, and mm -hmm. this is even better for Nurgle. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. So. Because it's moved to ones, obviously you can't have two effects that happen on a six. So if anything, for instance, did mortal wounds to hit on a six, the rolling player would choose which effect they wanted to uh, to take. So they could either take the mortal wound from your model or they could have their effect. So they were always going to choose the positive effect to them. Now that it's changed to a one, um, there aren't a lot of abilities left in the game anymore that let you re-roll ones. I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of Nagash, army-wide buff that does it. Um, Hand of Glory maybe yeah so there, there are few and far between now that there isn't um now that all out attack is plus one attack plus one to hit rather than reroll ones yeah makes quite a nice addition and what uh, what it also has done is it's made wither staff relevant again because previously in the list you wouldn't want munificent wanderers uh people taking mortal wounds on sixes to hit and the wither staff in the list that was making people reroll sixes to hit they were counterintuitive to each other mm. but they've recently because they've moved it to ones, you can now run with a stave in a list still, make people re-roll their sixes and try and get them to spike even more ones to hit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it really sort of tidied that up and uh, I think made it even better. Yeah, it sounds it. Okay, uh, well, I feel like we're jumping ahead, but I'll make sure we, we keep on. Um, uh, playing the last edition, it felt like they played a lot with battalions, like we said, and it was either the Thricefold Befoulement build or we were seeing, um, uh, like you said, the Blight King spam build, which really was that big yeah. DPS check. Um, yeah, I, uh, think, uh, I think we need to put a mention in there as well as to the garden list of oh. uh, summoning lots of trees and trying to run a, a summoning garden behind your front lines to okay. pump out a lot of units. Um, that, was also, that was also looking good towards the end of the edition, but it didn't really see any playtime due to, due to COVID. Um, and then it was all going into lockdown, really. That's a shame. That would have been really fun to see. Uh, I love the I love the the garden list. Uh, it would be really cool. What were the uh, the strengths and weaknesses? Do you think before, like um, like you know, and I, I'm going to ask later on if that carried through. But could you identify what the strengths and weaknesses of Nurgle were before? So so sort of a last edition with the Blight Kings, but as you said, it was just a massive DPS check. You had 
250 odd wounds on the table with a four up save that you could give a five plus dpr to so you put that in front of somebody and just sort of walk forward and went well if you can't kill all this then uh i'm probably going to claim a lot of objectives and uh i've still got my render tax you know i blow it when i die i do mortal wounds on on a two up with my models because at the time everybody was running those in one of the wrath of the ever chosen battalions i think it was blessed sons um so that offered a lot of playability there um it just felt like a really resilient army did it have uh, any weaknesses do you think so i think one of the one of the weaknesses and it's also it's carried carried forward into into third is that a lot of their good magic spells are all cast on a seven without bonuses so okay. it's really sort of, sort of knife edge you can you can build in to get the to get the bonus i think there's a command trait where you can give an arcane tome and a command trait to maybe a, a harbinger and he gets plus one to cast and you know can then try and cast blades which is the spell that you, you're more than likely going to want on a seven but that means then you can't take munificent wanderers so i don't think the trade-off's personally worth it yeah of course. so when you when you when you look through the units you've got Blades of Putrefaction is cast on a 7, Rotogus' spell is cast on a 7, the Glock King's spell is cast on a 7. The amount of games where you sort of you need one of those spells to go off and they don't, it can be quite quite challenging then to play around it. Especially when especially when like like you say you get no pluses to cast, you you're also not particularly good at anti magic, right? You're not shutting down a bunch of the other strong pro casters that are out there who who yeah. weirdly are very good at casting and have very low casting rolls on their spells which is just a an odd feature but you know make like i guess like they cast a lot of spells i guess is what we're meant to take from that yeah so i mean the one bonus you can get is the great unclean one can stab himself with the with the blade and get plus one to cast but the great unclean one doesn't really have the spells that you want to cast it's all the other casters that sort of hold them or the mortal caster for blades or rotigus with his own spell that you want to cast not the great unclean one that can buff him spell to cast yeah so it sort of it struggles a little bit. Uh, I had some great fun at your event with him stabbing himself and then casting levitate on a great unclean one. Just for, I loved the idea of a, a great unclean one flying around because it's. I mean, Nurgle surprising when when you talk to people when you get to the table is they're surprised about how quick the army is and how fast it moves across the table, which is something that Blight Kings and the army still does now to a really really good standard. Yeah, it's very yeah. We should talk about that more later, definitely. Uh, so, yeah. uh, so Age of Sigmar three. You've obviously played in like several events already now, because um, yep. this is a little bit of a later faction reaction and done quite well. Um, mm. Like, talk to me about Age of Sigmar three. What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways? Like, um, like, how do you feel about like the game and pros and cons? What are you thinking? Oh, I really like it. Um, the battle, the battle tactics really make you think about the turns. Um, it adds an, another layer of strategy to it. Uh, and again, it's new missions. We've been playing the same missions for for two years now. It's nice to have something a little bit fresh and different. So that's always nice. Um, then we've got all the monstrous reactions. I think that that adds another level of gameplay as well. It's trying to get the right ones in the right place. Um, for instance, the amount of people that I've played who've decided to roar at one of my units when I've got no command points left. <laughs> like, like brilliant! You roar at that one, then I don't mind. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it makes that's very funny, especially when they're like, "I'm gonna roar at you," and then you're not gonna be able to inspire in presence, and you're like, "That isn't how that works. It's this yeah. phase. It's this <laughs> phase." But thanks. 
uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, the monsters. Do you think uh, it's worth putting monsters in your list? Uh, obviously for battle tactics points, but more importantly to try and like practice with those monstrous reactions. I, I think so. I haven't run a list without a monster in it yet. Okay. Um, and my Nurgle list leans towards four monsters just to make sure that I can do the battle tactics with them um, in the turns that I want to do them. I think they're. I think they're quite important because if somebody wants to play quite defensively and doesn't have any monsters, um, you can play defensively back and just outscore them because you have monsters on the board. So, for instance, you've got Furious Advances, which is run three monsters. If somebody doesn't want to come out of the deployment zone, it's fine. I'll just run my three monsters and score a point on top of what you've scored. Yeah. You know, I'll just do monstrous takeover on this objective. If you haven't got a monster, you, you, you know, yeah, you can cast the spell, but then you've got to re rely on casting the spell. You know, I'd rather just have the monster on the board there to do to do that for me. It does also say uh, it does also feel now, having looked at the stats and looking at a lot of the five hundred four one bracket lists in the past uh, few weeks on the stat center, it does seem like the lists with a monster or actually two or three generally are performing very very well. Um, yep. ultimately and I think it's just like you said like when people want to play defensively you're just able to pop a couple of extra points across, um, which I think is really strong, and then. You know, like your your monsters also are pretty resilient and tough to kill, uh, ultimately yeah. in Nurgle. So I think that's the strength. Uh, is there anything else about Age of Sigma Three that you like, don't like? Um, how do you feel about save stacking? I mean, that's something that's up there at the moment. Um, I honestly don't mind it. I think uh, it's just something you build into your list when you when you're playing. It's like if somebody does save stack, do I have a mortal wound output? Mm. I just think it's a, just another facet to the game that you have to think about. I think it's worth when you look back at. Uh, last editions when Zine hit the scene and they were pumping out mortal wounds so frequently that everyone was like, oh, holy hell, how do I deal with all these mortal wounds? And we moved past it, the meta adjusted and then towards the back end of the second edition it was, you know, everybody just expected mortal wounds and I think you know, save stacking, it's, we've hit the new edition, it's come out and people are doing it and it's, it's just something we're going to have to get used to. At least Games Workshop FAQ'd out that you couldn't stack DPRs and ward saves. Yeah. At least that's taken out of the game at least. Um, yeah, that's yeah, great. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. Especially because you're you're one of those gamers though who's like, okay, this army doesn't have the tool sets that I need, so I'm gonna go to a different army. Like yeah. that ten that tends to be your playstyle anyway. Oh, if that's okay for me to speak to you. Like yeah. I've always seen you're like, Oh, okay, I can't kill you with this, I'm gonna move to this. This is my yeah. plan now. Um uh, which I which I which does make sense. I think for some people, if like they're, they're a mono player, like they only play a single army, they're definitely going to feel like, oh, I'm not sure what I can do. But thankfully, if you're a Nurgle player, I don't think it's an issue because you can do about a billion mortal wounds. Effect like, so <laughs> I think you're fine. Uh, so if you're listening to this, this doesn't affect you. How do you feel about the uh, the meta? It's starting to shake out now. We're starting to see some some real winners and losers. Um, in the kind of like the top end, although we've seen quite a few, like quite a spread of armies doing well. How do you feel about every army's opportunity? Do you think there are any boogeyman out there? Like what you know, who are your winners and losers uh, for the meta? So I think um, looking at some recent uh, tournaments, there's been we've had a bit of a range, haven't we? Of different winners, we've had Zinch Archeon, we've had the Thunder Lizard Stegodon list. Mm -hmm. um, again, you've always got Lumineth that are always doing well. Um, Got uh, Benjamin Sava, who ran Nurgle down at the Kent. I think it was the Kent GT, and he yeah. came third with a Nurgle list. 4-1. Yeah. yeah, and then, of course, we've got Gargants that have got to be mentioned in there as well, haven't they? It's uh, the DPS check of this edition. 
they are they they're, they're, they're the they're the most successful army at the moment. In fact, um, yeah. uh, they've got the most uh, four ones bracket, and their win percentage is the highest at the moment, which I think is quite interesting. Um, do you think that that's a problem, or do you think that's fine? Well, I played them twice at Carnage and beat them in two games on the bounce with a Nurgle army. Um, so I don't know if you can so beat you them with Nurgle. Just build for it. Is, yeah. is what you're saying? You just got to build for it. I just think you've got to you've just got to focus one. You can't you can't split them, and you've got to make them make the wrong decisions. So you've got to put them in a position where they can't they can't just kick all the objectives into the middle of the board and stand there with forty five models on each objective or sixty models on the objective. I think if you can try and stretch them out and take one at a time down, I think it's it's manageable. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just don't throw a gash into something turn one. It's pretty. <laughs> pretty important too right <laughs> i have a i have a thing at the moment where i can't i can't seem to write lists because i think about gargants and i think about killing them and then i think i've nailed it and then um uh, <laughs> uh if you guys don't know what Andy's references you should go back to when he threw the gash away on the first turn on the stream uh of the t-sports network video um so i'm, I'm fighting uh gargants but then i can't stop thinking about how the sentinels and foxes are going to take out all my support pieces do you have an answer for that or do you just think i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play to my strengths as, as opposed to try to play against the meta um I'll be really honest, when I write a list, I write a list that I know how to play and that I know I like playing and that I know that it works. I mean, looking at all my Super Series games on the other ends, I always play a similar army. It's always a grind fest. I like to walk up the board at people and say, deal with this. Mm. Um, I think you can't build an army that takes on everything. I think there's maybe one or two exceptions out there that do. So build an army that plays the majority and get lucky in the draw. I That's think it. it's dodge the matchups. Best way to look at it. It's, yeah. a, pro, it's a pro tip. Uh. Yeah. I, think, I think the game is a lot about the player as well. I think if you practice and put the reps in with the list, you can beat the stronger lists. Um, it's a dice game at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think you put a lot. Of, having watched you play, having watched quite a few people play, you can put them in. Like we just saw Bill Souza, for instance, uh, the weekend before he was at the Worlds, win with flesh eater courts and a gargant. Uh, for God's sakes, it's often yeah. about the player uh, and about getting the reps in. All right, talk yeah. to me about Nurgle in Age of Sigmar three. Winners okay. and losers. Do you want to start with losers and then build up to winners? Do you want to do winners first? Where do you want to go? Your choice. Oh, quickly touch on the losers then. Okay, I think we've already sort of, we've already sort of mentioned them so. Anything Blight King related feels like a loser to me. This edition, um, I think it's 100. And, I want to say 165 points for five Blight Kings, 21 wounds that count as six models on an objective. It's not great. Uh, I don't know. Four up save, and um, I mean they did get FAQ to their exploding sixes uh, are unmodified now, so they always explode. But that then doesn't combo with Blades of Putrefaction. So they sort of they lose out on that, yeah. and I just don't think they're in a world of save stacking. They just don't cut it anymore. Um, so I think they've lost out again. The the Blight Kings on the drones, the uh, Puscoils, again same same issue with those really. I think they're still still a bit lackluster. They need some rend on them. Uh, hopefully we'll see that in a new book. Um, I think they're the, they're they're the probably the biggest losers uh it would have been the, the bar piper and the scrivener if they hadn't come out in the new book as you said earlier because mm -hmm. their previous scrolls were i Terrible. don't know quite comical, terrible yep and now they've got two really good scrolls now which i think gives them an edge into pretty much every noble list going forward interesting uh, just to quickly touch on the blight kings again um uh, do you think do you think um 
The Blight Kings, and there's also obviously the Blight Kings on uh, on bloat drones as well. Those the, yeah. those bad boys. Uh, you think that there's no play with them? Like it's because like the thing that's interesting, I think that you're going to get to is that it's all about you're 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 not bothered about doing uh, about safe stacking because you're this army or definitely the army you've been playing is producing a lot of mortal wounds and its ability yeah. to do so is pretty consistent, right? Um, mm. So because of that, do you just think there's no play for the Blight Kings because you're really playing into a strength which not loads of armies actually have, ultimately? So I think I think th there is some play in them if you if you still wanted to run a massive um, a massive blob of you know as bigger blobs as you could. I mean you can't take them in twenties anymore. You have to take them in fifteens. And I think a lot of the strength in them was having those larger units that you could trail back to the the Harbinger and get that five plus DPR on them. With new unit coherency, all the units have to be within seven in that it's because it's an old book, there's a lot of within rather than wholly within. So right. the harbinger is within seven. And if you think if you, you want to sort of start taking the border with uh, with Blight Kings and they've got to be within seven of a one model and you can't trail back to him anymore, you can't do it effectively because you've got smaller units and they've got to be closer together, all of a sudden there's multiple reasons why the list starts struggling, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and have they got two inch reach, the Blight Kings, or no? Uh, no, one inch reach. Oh, okay. Then never mind. <laughs> I have a bunch <laughs> of reasons that they suck. Okay. Just for the guy who was sat there with his 50 light. What? What? What's his? Like, there's a bunch of reasons why. Okay, perfect. All right. So, who are the winners? Talk to me about winners. So, for me, I really like the Great Unclean one now, to the point where I'm running two of them and Rogus in a list. I know people were doing it last edition, but I think the Nurgle book is all about combos now. It's all about building up things together. Um, so, once you start looking at the Great Unclean ones and you put them in new Munificent Wanderers, they reduce all rend down by one. Which okay. is fantastic because they've got a four up base save and a five up DPR. Yeah, I think the other thing to mention on those is the the latest FAQ that just came out. So their their five up DPR. Yep. If you roll a six for the save, it bounces a mortal wound back at your opponent. Yeah. In the latest FAQ, your opponent cannot make a ward save against that bounce back wound. Interesting. Interesting. So it's there's a nice bit of tech there that if somebody does want to throw a load of attacks at you if you do roll those sixes they can't take a ward save back against them so it's just a, it's another source of building those mortal wounds up against your opponent that's so when fascinating yeah once you start comboing it up and you have a great and clean one with witherstave and the one last gift from munificent wanderers whenever they roll to hit you they're taking a wound they're taking a mortal wound on a one they're having to re-roll sixes to hit you you're ignoring their end by one you've got a four up save that you could all out defense to a three up save then you're getting a five plus DPR, and if you roll a six, you're putting another water wound on them. So there's all these things that sort of go in the great and clean one's favour that they can stand there and get hit, do damage back. They won't really do any damage with their own attacks because they're awful yeah. uh, in combat, to be fair, um, and don't have enough attacks or enough damage really. But it's all about the chip damage of everything else that's going on in the list. Interesting. So, so it's almost worth not attacking them if you get the opportunity. Like, if there's a yeah. great and clean one on an objective, the, the point is to not attack the great and clean one because you're going to just hurt yourself in a variety of ways. And also, they're like, how many wounds are they? So, 16? Uh, 16. 16 wounds. Amazing. Uh, and and then, they, have, they have a built D, D3 heal as well. Every hero phase? Every hero phase. Wow. And that must combo super well with heroic recovery, right? Yeah. So, I think I've, I've played games. So, my list is built around keeping my great and clean ones alive. So, once you start factoring heroic recovery, their own D3 heal, 
I take a Plague Priest as well, just to take heal. And on a 3+, plus, he heals another D3. And then you've got the Nurgle Wheel that we haven't mentioned yet. You know, that could turn around and heal another D3. And then you could cast Plague Wind through a Great Unclean One and heal another D3. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody can put, put a lot of investment into doing 12, 13, 14 wounds onto a Great Unclean One and you win the turn. And all of a sudden it's back to, to zero wounds on it again. I think doing that to someone's quite demoralizing as well. Um, it sort of, you know, makes the thing, what the hell have I just been playing for for the last half an hour? I've done nothing. Yeah, I think I saw someone uh, when you were playing a game say, um, uh, I'm about to go and kill that great and clean one. I came back a turn later and, and it was not dead. And in fact, it healed all of its wounds back. And it was, uh, and you could see, I think, I, I think like you touched on with playing the player in some ways, um, them being demoralized by that quite significantly is pretty telling. Uh, so, Great and Clean One is. What, what else about the Great and Clean One is good? Just that they're a wizard as well. Like, yeah, they're not... wizard two spells, mm -hmm. which is. But I think the problem with the Nurgle Law is there's only three spells that the demons can take. Uh, one of them hinges on the the Great and Clean One not moving, and standing still. So, not that great. Yeah, of course. Another one is reducing um, charge ranges and movement ranges by half, which has got a 21 inch range. That one's really good. And the last one does mortal wounds in a radius around them. They're not fantastic spells, uh, but what has AOS 3 has opened up to them is if you take a combat great and clean one with a sword and the flail, the one that tries to do damage, you can take flaming weapon on him now, or flaming sword, yeah. and plus, plus one damage onto him. And it's only cast on a four, that spell, which is it's a really nice spell to, to have in your arsenal, that one. Um and then, so I've been running my combat one with that and my, my buff one with the bell and the blade to get the extra casting and the movement with levitate. Just because if I need to, I can fly him 16 inches across the table. <laughs> Wait, so a fly great and clear one with a flaming sword thrown across the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so which is, it's, it's a really fun, really fun combination because um, with the Nurgle trees, you can then move the 16 inches and still charge. Can you explain to me where the 16-inch move comes from? Yeah, so they have uh, their movement uh, 5 base. The great unclean one with the bell gives you plus 3, so that puts you up to 8. You can set the wheel to plus 2 movement, which puts you to 10. You can then run 6, so you're going 16 inches. And then if you've got the summoning point, you could drop a feculent normal down, and then you could charge at the end of that as well. Wow. Okay, yeah, because I think people are like, how is he moving? Because you're like, he starts at base five. You're like, okay. <laughs> like you said, it's a lot of overlapping combinations of things, right, yeah. to, to make happen. Uh, do you, yeah. like, uh, just talk to me about the wheel a moment, because I think, I think I know, like, you basically mm. randomly as assign it at the start. Is that true, or does it start at a certain place? So Most, do you get to yeah. dictate how it's going to be and where it's going to be? So you can roll, you roll a dice before the game starts, yep. and that's where it starts uh, in the first hero phase. Um, the effects last till your next uh till the start of the next battle round yeah so it changes at the start of each battle round to the next one on the wheel and there is a spell which is also cast on a seven that you can manipulate it to anything you want on on that wheel so there's some really good things on there so there's you've got the movement which we've touched on there's plus one to wound army wide you can make your opponent re-roll sixes to wound re-roll battle shocks of one uh nurgle units heal d3 pick D3 units to take that are wholly within 12 inches of each other to take D3 mortal wounds. So there's a lot of different buffs on there that you can that you can use the if you can cast the spell and change the wheel 
to your advantage in which turns you're wanting. Right, because you, you would only try and turn it the one time, I guess, and then just let it tick through for the rest. Well, so, no, it depends. So if you're needing to get across the table, you could change it to the movement one. If you know that three or four of your units are all going to be in combat that turn, you could change it to the plus one to wound. Yeah. So okay. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different changes depending on what's going to what you think is about to happen in the turn to what you might want to change it to. Is there a perfect turn one result? Um, I like the movement one in turn one. Um, just gives you those options, and if you roll it, um, gives you, you know makes your opponent think a little bit more about where where your army might be. Um, I found a lot of people giving me turn one when I played with my Nurgle um, just to see what I did because I don't I don't think people were quite sure what my army was about to do. <laughs> they were like, you can you can go first, um, which was fine because I just ran three monsters together and went, man, well, I'll score six points then. Your yeah, turn. Thank you. And Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, there's the, it, it's all situational that wheel. Uh, but if you don't if you don't cast a spell and you just let it tick through. You know they're all they're all of some use at some point. Some are a lot more useful than others. The abilities, but they're all it's just a benefit at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Um, you also not only the great and clean ones like you said combat one, and then also the bell guy because there's the plus movement from him. Uh, talk to yeah. me about Rotagus. Is Rotagus there just for the spell? Is that what? It, or is he great? Um, he's he's actually really good in combat. Um, surprisingly, he's he's got quite quite a lot of attacks. Mm. Uh, and his spell is just fantastic because it's board wide. As long as you can see the model, you can you can damage the model. Uh, and having the ability to to put D three mortal wounds on up to seven units on the table is it's impressive. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of armies revolve around five or six wound buff heroes. So if you can get Rossigus's Ros spell off two turns in a row, there's quite a high chance that you could kill all those. And just start chipping away at other other smaller units. And now that units are not as large as they were in AOS two, doing three mortal wounds each turn as a tick damage on them is 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 really quite nice. If you can roll the the big D three, mm. it slowly starts to chip away at them. And again, he, he gets all the same benefits as the other great and clean ones do it because he's a demon. He's got the minus one, it reduces rem by one. He's got the five up DPR. He's got a, a nifty little shooting attack in the hero phase where he vomits mortal wounds i guess um yeah and his attack profiles they're, they're good as well there's lots of twos and twos minus one two damage attacks on him that's great that's great because I, I, I did wonder about it i thought maybe it was just because you lacked the ranged output so roticus is there just to continuously threaten those characters because like you said yeah. if someone's playing a defensive game you know like if they're not playing if they're playing iron jaws let's say they don't have to worry about shooting at all um yeah. so they can just play the defensive game but you start pinging i don't like rotigus because i'm like all oh, my characters are gonna they're, so, they're in they're in some they're in some trouble now uh, yeah. <laughs> okay well that's good about the great and clean ones um what about uh what else what else are the winners um so i think plague bearers have come out really well in this edition as well okay. um just for again for for a lot of the same reasons you can so their war score was quite was was changed quite a bit when AOS three came out and the FAQs came out. So they are again because they're in the Wanderers that I run them in. You ignore the Ren by one. If they're within seven inches of a demon hero, they get plus one save, which puts them on a four up save. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so they got four up save and they still get the five plus DPR. 
they still have the if you roll a one on Battleshock, D6 of them come back. And if there's more than 10 of them, they're minus one to hit as well. That's brilliant. That's like all the stuff that you want, right? They're a four up, ignore Ren 1 save, minus one to hit with a five up ward slash DPR. Yeah. Like, and then, um, yeah, that's amazing stuff. Like, that's great. Yeah. How many points is it for 10? Uh, I think there are 110. Wow. That's great. <laughs> that's great. In this economy, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, and that's yeah. just like, that's just them, like, before you even start doing any buffs to them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then I think. So one of the one of the combos that I've been I've been trying to pull off is because I use the the Glockkin in my list mm. is having him cast um, his two spells on them. So one is um, the Fleshy Abundance, so all the Plague Bearers gain a wound, so yep. they're two each, and then the second one is Blades of Putrefaction. So because of Blades is a and Nurgle's an old book uh, and it's never been FAQ'd, Blades of Putrefaction is a six plus still. So if you do all that attack and get plus one to hit, they do mortal wounds on fives to hit, yep. which is in it's in addition as well to their regular damage. Wow. Um, and if you there's there's quite a few ways in the Nurgle book to get plus one attack. So for Milus, for instance, the Glockin has a plus one attack aura with units within fourteen inches, not wholly within. So that that's a really big bubble when you look at it that way. The Great Unclean one can pick a unit and give them plus one attack. And then units wholly within 14 of the Sloppity Balpiper can be given another attack. So all of a sudden, 10 Plague Bearers could be given 41 attacks, doing Mortal Wounds on 5 pluses. 10 Plague Bearers, 41 plague. attacks. Yeah, with the champion, yeah. Doing so, Mortal Wounds on 5s. Yeah. Insane. So, yeah, so I've rolled it out a couple of times and played against people. I played against... Uh, played against Lee Bromley and did... I think I did 19 wounds to a Stonehorn. <laughs> uh, and I, <laughs> yeah and I, I think i killed a more crusher doing 20 something mortal wounds to him as well um so yeah it's a great combo that people don't see coming um they're just not expecting the output from 10 plague bearers and i think it's a it's a great thing it's it's awesome against gargants too she's like oh well, here's my 10 plague bearers and i've i've you know i've put 20 odd wounds on your gargant in one turn yeah, that's amazing. It, it, do you think there's not really it's not really worth economy of scale like taking it up to a brick of twenty plague bearers because th you've only got the one inch reach. They're on thirty two mil bases, right? So yes, you can't they really, are, yeah. so you can't fight over the top. Is that an issue? Um, I think so. Um, I've I've run three units of ten, uh, two of them being in the heartlands, so nobody can stomp them. So you can pull off those combinations and get the mortal wounds on five pluses. I think that's quite important. Yeah, because as soon as somebody realizes that. Yeah, they're not in the heartlands. They could roar at them and stop you doing mortals on fives and only do it on sixes. Yeah, which would be a, a massive, um, it's a massive reduction in the damage output that they do. Yep. Um, but I think units of twenty are really good because you can keep the minus one to hit bubble For going longer. on them. Because once, once you lose one, you lose that. If you run them in tens, um, I just don't have the points in my list to, to be able to do it. I like having the four big monsters because yeah, I feel that's that's the way the addition's gone. Yeah, and you're also um, and you're also uh, like you, more opportunities to roll that one on the battle shot. You can't like uh, can't ignore that because that one on the battle shot getting d6 back is such a sweet moment. I imagine, especially on those yeah. small tens. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I actually don't have that many plague bearers painted either, which is uh, which is another... <laughs> that's the other reason. That's the other yeah. reason. If you did have them painted, do you think you'd take a twenty or like uh, would you? I, I... I've looked at I've looked at dropping um, 
the Glockin out of my list and taking one of the cheaper sorcerers um, and then bumping those units up. But I think I'd miss his plus one attack aura as well. Yeah, I think I rely I rely quite heavily on that. I think it's one of my it's one of where my, one of my command points goes every turn is into into the Glockin for that aura. Yeah, because uh, when you start looking at the Glockin and the Great and Clean ones, they've all got at least three attack profiles each. So you're getting a lot of mileage out of one CP. Yeah, of course. Because you're affecting the other monsters, right? And then if those yeah. monsters kill anything, you're achieving extra points in battle tactics. That's really clever. That's really clever, yeah. buffing all the monsters. So Plague Bearers, I mean, Plague Bearers sound great for 110 points at the moment. Um, yeah. Like, very good. And and I'm sure there's those people out there with Plague Bearers already painted up, so they'll be super chuffed <laughs> to hear that. Uh, who, yeah. else, who else wins? Who else wins? Uh, again, the Bile Piper. Such an awesome unit uh, in the new edition, being able to pick three different abilities. Um, the big one is plus one attack, uh, and then the other one is no piling. So when you're playing somebody and they make that, they make an oh, if I get a, if I get a double six charge, I can just reach your unit over there, and you're like, oh, that's fine. And they make the double six charge, and you activate the Bile Piper, and then they can't pile in, so they get one model fights you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, brilliant. Okay, you can make that charge. I, I don't care at this point because I'll just fight one of you against my monster. <laughs> <laughs> so, is, like, so when when does it activate? Could you explain it to me? It activates at the start of the combat phase. Oh, and okay. It's not wow. A, and it's not a CP. It's not anything. It it's just happens. You just choose. What range do you have to be within? Uh, most of them are wholly within fourteen. Okay, so you do have to. So you sat. So you sat behind some plague bearers or monsters or something. You wait them for them to charge you, and then you just stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. a lot of the times, I found adding the plus one attack on is more is more beneficial. Because all of a sudden, if you think you've got the Glockin aura, then you've got the Bile Piper aura, and if it's your turn, you know, getting plus two, plus three attacks on a great unclean one, they can do some damage. Um, more than people expect sometimes. <laughs> yeah, of course. It sounds like it's a lot of damage. And then, so yeah. the, the plus one attack's always good, and the stopping piling is just the situation. It's nice you get the opportunity to choose it, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great thing. Um, you can use it really clutch as well, because you can stop people piling onto objectives with it as well. Yeah. So it, it just stops people's sort of plans, doing things like that. Um, I think another win as well is the, is the Scrivener. Being okay. able to do something similar, uh, pick units and add attacks or make them do mortal wounds on sixes to hit as well. So it's another option. If you don't manage to cast blades, you can use the Scrivener to get... Apologies, my dog is walking across. That's things. super fine. Like, dogs dogs on the show are, are, are welcomed and encouraged. Uh, <laughs> sorry, what we it's, said. It's, it's, it's his dinner time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Scrivener, is, again, is pick units... Um, in the combat phase, I believe, and add and add damage or mortal wounds to them. So if you don't get blades off on on the play bearers because it's cast on a seven, you could always still add on the attacks through the other means and then use the scrivener to make them do the mortal wounds as well. So there is other options of mortal wounds in the list. So yeah, you're not just relying on blades. It's not just like a one trick yeah. pony. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's really it's interesting. It's much it... nicer to do them on fives with the spell. But you can do it on sixes from other means as well. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's nice to be able to do it from because you could do it from two places, right? You could do blades on one with fives, and then another yep. place with sixes. But then I guess yes. it's the stacking the stacking the attacks is the important part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, luckily the Glockin and the Bile Piper is an aura. They're both 14 inch auras, so oh. they buff everything. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. And do they both work together? So, like, like, can I have, like, a great and clean one with plus two attacks, one from the Glock and one from the Scrivener? Yes. Wow. Like the Bile Piper. But yeah. Oh, Bile Piper, sorry. Bile Piper. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, yeah. Would and you put... Is there one... As well, to add another one on. <laughs> sorry, you were saying? You say again. You've got his own command ability on the great and clean one to just pick a unit and add another attack onto all their profiles as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, my question was going to be if you if you were like forced to, which one of the two are you taking? Are you taking the Scrivener or are you taking uh, the Bar Piper in your list? Uh, I'd say the Bar Piper. Okay. I think having that situational of stopping people piling in is is too good to to miss out on. Um, I just think it's it's a really strong ability for 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 our for it not costing a CP and just for it to be able to happen at the start of the combat phase is, is really, really strong. Yeah, amazing. And you can also, uh, I see Snitbag in the chat saying, you can also summon either of the two in? You can do, yeah. They're, they're both summonable. I think um, they're around 12 to 14 points each off the top of my head without looking in the in the books. Okay. They're, they're reasonable to summon in. Uh, I think on average... On average, I find that you get between, you know, five to seven points in the first turn, and then sort of depending on what you summon, if you summon more feculent normals in, if they get destroyed, where your models end up, you know, you're looking at maybe getting one turn two if you wanted to bring one on the board. That's that's pretty that's pretty impressive and pretty reliable, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's which is which is so key for for planning, especially for forward uh, in a game. Uh, anyone else? Anyone else wins? It sounds like there's a lot of wins, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, well, it's it's, my, it's just my personal picks, I think, rather than <laughs> than wins. Um, I think there's got to be there's got to go a shout out to the plague drones just for the amount of attacks that they can have doing the same thing that I've been doing with plague bearers, but doing it on the uh, the drones instead. I think there's there's got to be a, an honourable mention to them just because I think they have three attack profiles. So when you start looking at the ways you could combo attacks up onto three drones doing the same the same buffs from the same places all of a sudden three drones could pump out a, a hell of a lot of attacks so i think they need a, they need a mention in there as well um but yeah i think they're, they're, they're they would be my big top picks for out of the actual nurgle book um there's a few others in slaves to darkness and, and skaven as well that you can you can bring in because they all have the nurgle keyword sure sure tell me about it i, mean, I think that's one of the interesting things about uh, chaos right because you know you do ko mm. it's ko um uh, and then this is like right right what am i bringing in what am i doing and what what stands out for you as stuff that you like to bring into nurgle or would yeah so i i, I quite like the idea of uh, well i like the plague priest because mm. it's just an easy 85 point model that can take a prayer as a heal for on a three up just heal another d3 wounds onto one of the the great and clean ones i think for 85 points i think that's a real that's a real winner um i think i kept track at, at your event rob i think my one plague priest across three games healed around 20 wounds wow that's for 85 crazy. points i was like yeah okay that's uh, that's going in that's going in my list now yeah. i think something else that might be worth looking at is a uh, is a demon prince uh again because you could stack all the attacks upon a demon prince and have him fight first and because he's a demon, he still benefits from the Munificent Wanderers of reducing people's rend down by one. It's a three-up save. You know, that's that's the one thing that does lack in the book is a three-up armor save. Yeah, of course. And then the fact that he's also a hero, right? So he can use heroic actions um, and could be pretty unkillable. That's really interesting. Uh, and his, mm. his command ability is not great anymore, like, sadly. In, in Nurgle, it's not. Um, it 
tries to do what uh, the the last gift from the Munificent Wanderers does, but in a really really bad way. <laughs> it doesn't work well. It just doesn't well work do. as well. No, of course no. not. Um, I do like the idea of like what they they seem to be slowly giving to Nurgle that if you hit yourself, you die. Basically, yeah. uh, so if you hit them, you die. That's that's what yeah. happens, which I think is quite nice. Um, mm. uh, we had a question in the chat earlier. I know you, you're going to go through all the all the things you ally in, um, but yeah. how do you feel about Archeon and Nurgle? We rarely see Archeon and Nurgle, uh, but have you had any thoughts about that? Have you looked at it? Um, I have, um, but I play I play a lot of team events, and I've got a lot of team events coming up, and. I'm trying to practice more lists that maybe I would take to, to team events in the future, Rob. So Archeon, I think he has better places mm-hmm. in the meta that I've been playing in recently. Um, I think, you know, he, he fits so perfectly into Zinch that it hasn't sort of crossed my mind to try looking at him in Nurgle. But I think there, there is a lot of buffs you could put on him. I just think having the the guarantee of the Destiny dies just makes him so much better into Zinch than into Nurgle, unfortunately. Um, the reroll saves that you can get in Zinch as well is... There's not much like that in Nurgle. You could reduce people's rend down against one against him. Um, but you can so, kind of do that anyway, right? So it doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah. yeah. I just I don't think he's as strong in Nurgle, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, me either. Like, And I think, like you say, in a team format, especially you want him to go into Zinch or even into Slaves to Darkness, right? And then, like, because uh, there's been some pretty successful <laughs> results from Slaves to Darkness Zinch lists in Australia, in Sweden, in America. So, like, that's pretty common. And again, because Mark of Zinch in Slaves to Darkness gives you reroll ones to save. So it just super works. Uh, like, yeah. it works so well, uh, ultimately. So, yeah, I can understand that. Um, sorry, other winners from other factions or going into Nurgle? Um, I think um, I think a sorcerer lord on a, a manticore is an interesting choice because okay. he can take he can take blades as well. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, oh, can he? Oh, he might not be able to now. I might be lying there. <laughs> um, but I, th- I still think he's an interesting choice because he can buff himself with his reroll saves and gives you another caster. Um, and again, chaos chaos knights. I think they're, they're an interesting to look at because uh, okay. they benefit from all the same buffs as everything in the Nurgle book does because uh, they take the Nurgle keyword. Um, the only problem is, I think, is they lose out against the Munificent Wanderers because you can't reduce the rend down on them because they're not a demon. Yeah. Um, but you can make them super, super fast in Nurgle. <laughs> Thoughts about uh, bringing Bellacor in or you think like it's not really needed? It's not how the army plays? Again, I, I've thought about it, and I've chatted to uh, chatted to a couple of teammates about it. I just don't I don't see what he brings. Uh, it's nice to stop a unit for a turn, but ideally, you want the unit hitting you so it can kill itself. You don't want them just to be sat there not really doing anything. I don't see what he brings over a great unclean one. Um, to be totally honest, he doesn't benefit from anything that the Nurgle army gets because of the wheel or the the Nurgle keyword. So I think he just generally isn't isn't as strong as other units that you could take. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a final question before we start talking about your list. Um, any endless spells that tend to make it into your list? Um, the only one that I've really looked at would be Life Swarm. Okay. Uh, just for another another heal. You know, the, the Nurgle really does seem to revolve around everything staying alive and bouncing the wounds back. So any other heal you could get in there is, is another... Is another positive. Um, so Myles, for instance, has eight casts in it. So wow. I've got four wizards casting two spells each. 
So being able to to use to use that would be nice. It's just finding the points for it. I, I'm struggling with it. it. Would be a toss up between my plague priest and life swarm. Yeah, and your plague and priest I, is already kind of doing that job anyway, right? He is. Yeah, it's on a three plus, but again, it's trying to cast a spell. Uh, nobody can stop me rolling that three plus dice. True. Uh, from a prayer, whereas an endless spell in the meta that we're in with Super Nagash, Lumineth, uh, Zinch, trying to cast that spell again is, is difficult. Uh, I've even played against um, Daughters of Cain with Marathi with her bonuses to cast stopping all my Nurgle spells, giving me a really hard time. <laughs> and that's, that's annoying. So having to try and cast another spell that you really want to go off or just rolling a dice on a three up, I'll take the three up, I think, on that one in the meta at the moment. Yeah, it's also more consistent, and you're know, like it's more consistent, right? Like uh, ultimately, like you say, which I think is really interesting. Uh, all right, so uh, you have been playing several Nurgle lists, um, and, yep. we're gonna, and the list that you're about to, you're about to talk about now, we're going to include on the honestwargamer.com. So talk us through your list. I know you've touched on most of it as as we've gone through, but um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, let me know what's what's so in I've, it. So I've been playing uh, the Great Unclean one, the the buffing one with the bell and the blade with the as my general with um with a stave on him so he's got the the aura of do mortals when you roll ones the aura of re-roll sixes to hit him and then he's got the aura of plus three movement within seven he's got the blade to 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 sort of jab himself and get plus one to cast uh, and i've been running with levitate on him so yep. a question about the wither stave is uh, it's re-roll sixes to hit against him or units within no, uh, units within seven inches oh wow okay so it's yeah. an aura. That's pretty good. It, yeah, but again, because it's an old book, it's just within seven. Okay. So you just have to tag one. <laughs> yeah. Which is really nice. Uh, then I've been running the the combat great and clean one uh, with the sword and the flail with Muck Talon. So he gets plus one to hit against a hero on one of his weapons. Okay. Which is quite, quite nice because his sword generally hits on fours. So you take that down to threes without having to spend the CP to get him plus one to hit. So that's quite nice. And then running flaming weapon on him to make his sword damage four. Okay, amazing. Running, yeah. Then running Rotigus, just because he's cheaper than a great unclean one, and I think it's five points cheaper for some reason. So, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's good in combat, and his spell is awesome. I don't know why why you'd pass that up for five points less. Then I've been running uh, the Glockkin, which um, is very swingy. Uh, okay. I've gone in. I've gone into a, a chariot, a uh, squadron, a chariot, and not killed it in one combat. And then the next combat, I've gone in and killed uh, ten bow snakes. <laughs> it's pretty there's, like, there's, there's no consistency on him whatsoever. I mean, he's got three different attack profiles. Uh, I've always got his aura ups. They've always got plus one attack on them, it, it, and it's it's still swinging. But I like him because he casts he cast another two spells. It's an eighteen wound monster. Uh, he's not a demon, unfortunately, which surprises everybody when you tell them. Yep. Um, but he's 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 still a, a good model, and people will try and target him. Um, and it's eighteen wounds they've got to chew through. It's it's difficult. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of like a wound, like it's a, like um, it's like kind of like life tanking, right? Like if they don't yeah. kill him, like you say, you've got so many opportunities to heal him. Yeah. Like that, actually, like you kind of want them to attack him a little bit, so you can be like, oh, I'm just gonna start healing up and wasting your time. That's quite, that's yeah. cool. I really like that. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm running the Bile Piper and then the Plague Priest, and that rounds out six heroes. Yeah. Uh, 
and then just three units of ten Blight Kings. Three units of ten Blight Kings. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, not, so Plate Bearers. Plate Bearers, yeah. I've got Blight Kings on the mind now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm staring at them as well. Uh, so that, that comes in at 1985. Um, so there's a small triumph bid in there as well. For uh, I like a reroll charge personally on the list, just because I don't like spending a CP to reroll a charge. Oh, you want to spend um, yeah, and then it all fits in. Uh, then it's got the uh, Warlord Battalion, which lets me take the extra item, which is the Wither Stave. And you get the free CP to spend on all that attack or all out defense. And then the other two units of Plague Bearers just go in the Heartlands to try and pull off the uh, the Blades combo. Amazing. Amazing. And you've yeah. done really well with it, uh, which I think is uh, quite exciting. There was a question in the chat as well. Um, it's one of the uh, the older books. Well, it's the yeah. oldest book, I think, actually, at the moment. It is, yeah. Um, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like, even though that's the case, it's in a better position than some of the other books? I think so. I think every time uh, Games Workshop have put an FAQ out, the Nurgle book has always benefited from it. Nice. So every time it's come out, they've had that. They've had another small buff. So, like I said earlier, the, the most recent one is you can't take a ward save against a, a wound that Nurgle bounces back anymore. It's little things like that. It all adds up over the over five turns of a game, because um, nearly every army now has got the uh, the five plus amulet in it somewhere. Yeah. Somebody's always running that, and it's normally on their big nuisance piece. So them not being able to use that against one of the mortal wound outputs that you've got is great. Um, yeah, but I I mean. I think we're going to be uh, we might be having this chat again in a couple of months, Rob, when uh, the new Nurgle book. Yeah, the rumor. Yeah, we've heard, we, the the rumor is the rumor is that that's uh, uh, one of the upcoming books, uh, and it kind of makes sense, right? It's the oldest book as is. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'd be I'd be looking forward to uh, seeing if something like that does appear. Uh, although I'm really hoping for Chaos Dwarfs instead, personally. Um, but we'll uh, you never know. You never know. That's the dream. Let's keep the dream alive. Uh, all right, Andy. Uh, thanks. Uh, just before we go, uh, two questions. One, um, have you got any? Um, have you got any kind of final thoughts about Age of Sigmar three for people that they think will um, like some good advice for them to take away for their gaming? That's my first question. Um, just just pick a list and stick with it, and just play it. Just keep putting the reps in and keep playing the lists. Um, one of our one of our newest dragon slayers had a real hard time with this when he first started playing. He was playing against um, also myself and the, the AD Mac and Luke, and he was he was losing a lot of games. And um, he just put the reps in. and He's played a hell of a lot of games uh, over the last couple of years, and he went uh, he went four and one at um, at Carnage uh, Liam, and he put the reps in, and he you know he's playing a good army and he, he's winning games now. And I think he's a prime example of what you can do if you stick with a list and you play it. Uh, yeah, uh, agreed. Like that, and but I love having that advice from you because I got nothing but respect for you as a gamer. A uh, huge thank you to Ziggy who is joining us live and has just donated ten gift subscriptions. Oh, thanks, bud. Especially to Nathan, which is weird. Uh, in the chat, that's fun. Uh, um, uh, and then my other, uh, my other last question is: uh, Have you got any shout outs? Anyone to big up before we go for today? Uh, just to uh, just to my fellow teammates on Team Wales. Uh, we've, uh, we're starting putting all the prep in for, for Six Nations mm -hmm. and then uh, the team for, for Blood Tithe as well which is all the, all the senior older members of Team Wales have put a little team together all the old, uh, all the old boys that have been playing for a couple of years for the team and then we've got a, uh, we've got a young Welsh team entering as well so we're, we're going to go and show them up and show them how you play Warhammer 
yeah, the Welsh boomers and the Welsh zoomers, right? I think is what yeah, uh, exactly. I think is what so, they call. I mean, yeah. I mean, our team's got the uh, the one and only Owen Jackson on it, so I think we've already won, to be honest. Yeah, you've at least won the style points. Let's be real we about have. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's at Blood Tide, which uh, not Blood Tide. That's the Six Nations, which we'll be doing coverage of, um, which we'll be doing on the T Sports Network. So if you've never watched the live coverage before, you should tune in and check it out. And also, we'll be at Blood Tide um, next m- this month, actually, um, and we'll also be doing coverage of those. So we might see you there as well. Hey, Nick, in the chat. Um, thanks very much to Andy. I'm going to shout out Arthur Vogali because uh, we need to do that for all of the Fact Reacts now. Um, uh, and I want to say thanks for tuning in. If you've liked what you've seen, hit subscribe on the YouTube thing. Uh, give us a tweet, share it with your mates, do any of that jazz. Uh, all of that would be brilliant. Um, Six Nations is in November, the 10th and 11th, maybe? Uh, I love how you're going, I'm covering, and the organizers in the chat. Uh, it's the 13th and 14th of November. There you go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> my, my team captain keeps a Google Calendar event that my wife has a link to, and I'm, I assume they just communicate between the two of them, and then I, I go. <laughs> You're just painting. You're like, Andy, it's time to, time to play now. You're like, yes, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. It's been lovely. Andy, thanks so much for being on. You're such a fucking treasure in the community. See you guys soon, and have a nice day.